we're coming towards the completion of the Sefer. I want to thank again my, my very dear friends, Ezra and Leah Khan and the Kindleloch. We have very long-standing and warm and deep connection to the Mishpacha and it's especially meaningful to, to me to be able to, to, to come together here to learn. We're talking about a difficult Indian at the end of the cipher the Tzadik the Tzadik is trying to help us in light of the entire cipher acquire a healthy understanding and a means to practice in our lives Yeres Hashem that even the term to translate it as fear of God is unpopular these days so they have to use all kinds of different terms Yeras Hashem and within Yeras Hashem that category of Yerushalayim that's Yeras HaOynish the fear of punishment which is altogether taboo and something which should never ever be mentioned anywhere but once once we've learned the entire cipher and we have to learn much, much more. Mitch, I'm going to be ordering not the other chilek we're going to, Mitch, I'm working on more halakim to deepen our understanding of this. When a person lives with that realization, as we learned last week, that, that Hashem is Baruch is every single second. Every single second Hashem is Baruch is connected to us and with Devukim who are attached to him and and therefore when a person is always asking himself who created who created after that there's this thing called Gehenim that there's a, a, a realm, a domain a world of punishment who created such a thing and and why would Hashem create such a thing called Gehenim or why would there be such an inner punishment? Here we're still focusing on punishment beyond 120. In a little while we're going to be talking about the suffering that's, that's low lane in this world. But the suffering while people are, are alive in this world. Sickness and sorrows. Hashem Yerachim. So when a, person, when a person realizes that of course the Baruch created this. And the only reason he created is that we should be that we should be able to ultimately be closer and closer to him. That's the only tachlis that he would create such a thing. So that that inspires within a person a pachet of fear, but the fear is not the tachlis of the punishment. The fear is that I I'm afraid not to be close to Hashem. I'm afraid not to be able to be attached to him. And there are things in our lives or things that we've done that obstruct that dveikas between ourselves and Hashem's Baruch. Therefore, to acquire Yiras Ha'inesh, one must always remember from whom am I afraid and who created this and why did he create this? What purpose, what would be the purpose of creating such a thing that we're so frightened of, which is punishment, a Gehenim, something after this world. So we're on page Kuf Hay. In the bottom. Kasher Ha'adam Omel Liknais Yiras Ha'ainish Baifin Zeh. When a person 
works hard to acquire this type of a Yeras Einish, always keeping the Tachlis in mind, never ever, God forbid, seeing the Indian of punishment as some separate or independent, cruel and frightening thing that awaits us. But rather, it's completely the love that God has for each and every one of us so that we could be always connected to Him. When a person is Omer Liknes Yeras Einish Baifin, Hari Kol Avados and Mekabelis Panam Chadoshes, then his entire his entire Avodas Hashem takes on a completely new appearance. It's Mekabelis Panam Chadoshes. Lulei Hatsura and Iskeres. If a person does not have this healthy understanding of fear of punishment of Yeras Einish, Adam Chasu Shalom Yochel Amal Shonim. We could have the very, very sad situation where a person for many, many years is thinking about and his Messiah and imagines in his mind all kinds of terrible punishments after this world. And in doing so, to almost completely forget that there's a Baruch Shalom, not to think about a Baruch at all, just to become focused on on that pacha, that fear of 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 punishment. he becomes completely preoccupied with fear. and he becomes a person that's completely preoccupied with thoughts of punishment and things things that happen after 120. And he reads in all the places in the Swaram, in the Reishas Chachma, Shachibat Akeva, there are different places that when we were growing up in Yeshiva, there were Bacham, there were Bacham that, that they knew very little else other than those scary places. There are scary things, there are known places in the writings of the Tzaddikim that are scary, you know, that have detailed descriptions of, of, uh, of, of different punishments and things in the grave beyond the grave and so on and there are people who become very very obsessed with these in Yana. but it doesn't have Hashem's book it has nothing to do with Hashem and the whole tachlis that God created these things and, it, and the whole tachlis that there is such a mitzvah of punishment is only only almanas for this one singular purpose of HaKadosh Baruch and Hashem But this person has becomes completely lost in that Indian. He's also of fear and of Gehenna. And he forgets HaKadosh Baruch However, if a person follows the path that we've been learning, then the fear of punishment itself, but even when a person, even if a person, God forbid, goes through punishment, as we'll talk about, goes through suffering in this world, in this world, every single drop of Yisur, of suffering, when it's with the deepest understanding that it's all for the purpose, that one purpose of closeness to God, and the belief that if not for this, it would be impossible. And the and the belief that that after 120, any any punishment, it's only for that one purpose, 
of Kirvas Hashem Litoiv, of being close to Hashem. That it can't be that Hashem is doing something to drive a person away, to push a Jew away. There's no such thing because the whole tachlis of creation is that is that the Baruchim should be close to us. That's all Hashem wants is that we should be close to us. So it can't be that He's doing something to push a Jew away. Therefore, it says. Therefore, it says in the pasuk that Hashem is constantly thinking of ways how to bring us close to Him, how to how to bring us back to him. And it says, even on the biggest Rishayim, even on the most wicked Jews, Hashem Yirachim, Mr. Arizal spoke even about Isa Ha'ish, which I don't want to mention his name in a, in a holy place, but that person, <coughs> after whom a whole, that year, that Jew, who misled, was misled and misled many others, that whole, the whole religion came from him. That has, that has, that has taken over such a large part of the world. That since he was a Yid, South Kosov, the Arizal says he has a Tikkun also, which we don't understand what that means. Is that that Isaiah that person, the person who is who is who is the object of their Avodah in churches and so on, that he is a Jew, and he has a Tikkun. It's a very, very, very hard and long time, very hard. But Arizal talks about fifty thousand Yovels, fifty thousand Yovels. Make a, a quick judgment. It's a, it's a long time. <laughs> Shouldn't be a, any Jew such a thing. But he was a Yid. He was a Yid. And he was a Machdis Arabmi. He was a Mizan. He was a Manayif. He was a very low person. And he caused terrible sorrows. But so of course, he was a Jew. And if he's a Jew, then he has a Tik. And everything is the Bayan Shalom is Chayshev Machshavis every minute of Levil Tayidach Menanidach that no Jew should be separated from him. So that means that if there's punishment, it's so that it's it's so that all of the things that we did that were not that should not have been done, that created as we learned last week, these walls and these barriers that are so thick of an between us and Hashem, that the way to remove those barriers it's painful, but the tachlis, the tachlis is completely kevas Hashem. As everybody knows, all the Mishan that we've that you've heard over the years and we tried to explain ourselves to our, to our children. We spoke about last week that you're going to give an injection to the child. The child is so angry. The child doesn't understand. How could it be that my, my mother, my father loved me? How could they stand there and let the doctor do this and so on? But if not, then then that would just, then that's, the sickness could destroy the child. So the Tzaddik explains, Sayyid Hadar, Al Ha'adam Kalazman Livdaik. Therefore, a person must constantly, a person must must constantly be aware of this. He has to think about this. Live like to be vigilant and to check. When I, the fear that I have of being punished, is that something in my life that brings me closer to Hashem? Does it help me think more about God and try to be closer to Him? Is it something in my life that draws me closer and closer to Him and inspires and motivates me to do more mitzvahs, more positive things, in a good way, in a healthy way? Or God forbid, 
or does my Yiras Ha'oynesh cause me to become more and more deeply immersed in myself, in my own self and selfishness, and in my own ego? I have mentioned many times in Shul that I heard myself from from Rav Salvechi you know the briskers were not fond of Musar it's a very well known thing they didn't go for the they, they, there was a tremendous amount of friction between the tzaddikim from the, from Brisk the best manager of Brisk and the tzaddikim from the from the best manager of Yisrael Salante there was respect of course but there was a machlaikis in, in, in how to and whether or not to focus on on Certain areas of character improvement in Musar, or to to learn and to learn in the light of Torah will will inspire you and so on. So so Salvechik was also would occasionally express misgivings uh, about about certain certain um, certain um, elements in, in in the in Musar. And I remember he once said, I've mentioned this to you before, that. That he was, where they were living someplace. That with his family, because he didn't go to yeshiva. He was always with his with his father. When they were living someplace, so there was there was a musar cheder. There was a you know, a musar room, on top of the bismadrish. And it means that downstairs was a regular bismadrish, and then there were guys that were like into musar. They, they would go to be by themselves and to like, you know, to like beat up on themselves, in this way. So Salvechik, I remember once said in the Shia, he said that I was trying to learn and there was somebody upstairs. He says, Amosin Hik was upstairs. And he was saying, Ich bin a gornish, Ich bin a rosh, Ich bin a shayt. You know, I'm, a, I'm evil, I'm wicked, I'm horrible, God, I'm this, I'm this. So Salvechik said, I, 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 I never in my life heard such an egomaniac. <laughs> he says, there's nothing other than you. That's all this, he says, all day long, I, I, I. He's so filled with himself. So, what what Rabbi Yeshua was telling us is that even even in that effort that a person makes to refine himself, one must be careful not to take oneself so seriously and not to get caught up in oneself and to remember and to remember that that the Rabbi Shalom doesn't want us. To serve ourselves, even even in our efforts to perfect ourselves, it's to be able to be Avdei Hashem to serve the Creator of the world, and that's what he says. Sometimes you have a person that that their whole way of serving God is with fear, fear of punishment, and the whole thing is that something's going to happen to me. Something's something's going to happen to me. To me, everything is me. If I do this, and this is what's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to me. The, 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 you know that a simon of immaturity, a child, if, if God forbid, a parent is sick, Hashem Yerachem, the child's most and most instinctive fear is not for the welfare of the parent. The the fear is if something happens to her, boy, am I in trouble. So how, how am I going to live without her? As one matures, as one matures, then and, and, and a person enters into the world of a half of love, and is able to climb out of the selfishness of me, of I. So then another person can be loved and appreciated for who that person is. And if that person, God forbid, is not well, 
it's a feeling of achmonis and care and love for that person's welfare. Not how is this going to how is this going to uh, affect me? What is this going to do to me? Children, little children, because they're incapable, they have to. It's part of growing up. Some people never outgrow this, but little children are only thinking about how will this affect me? How am I going to be affected by this? And as we grow older, we begin to think of other people. So that's what he's saying. That sometimes through year, when a person's year of is unhealthy, when the fear of punishment is unhealthy, then it's just being afraid of what's going to happen to me. It doesn't have to do that, Kavsh Baruch. And he becomes more and more lost in himself. He's more, in other words, he's worried about himself. He's worried about himself. He's fearful for himself. She's just nervous that he shouldn't get hurt. He shouldn't be punished. And this is the this undermines and and contradicts the holiest side of serving God, because That's what my Rabbi was saying. I, I, I. That instead of instead of it becoming not me but him but the Shlomo, instead of it being him, it becomes more me and me and me. Which is what the tzaddikim spoke about the marshal. You know, it's a very sensitive issue in shul, different kibudim. You know, when you mechabit somebody, and, and somebody gets an honor, and this person gets hurt and insulted, and the, you, you must have heard that men get into this stuff. And it's a, it, it's a very, very, very serious thing. With some people, it's, it, it causes terrible agnes nefesh and fights and all kinds of machlaikis. And with the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim always said that what's the, what's the chilik if I'm the one who does this, who does this, or another person does this? The main thing is that, that what, what the Bereshulam wants to take place, takes place. It gets done. Because the true avoid of a person is so if it's not me, it's someone else that does it. But Hashem wanted that something should be taken care of, and it was taken care of. So it's not me, it's somebody else. Because even though the person knows that by doing a good thing, by doing a mitzvah, or by something to help us, whatever it might be, to, 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 to be part of that, that it, it adds points to his scorecard. And it's good for him. But true avodas Hashem means that the, my tachlis is not that it should be good for me. My tachlis is that the job should get done, like in the palace. Usanafki, if I do it, he does it. The main thing is it should get done. And a person who's like that in the shul, so then he doesn't care if other people see that he was that he was doing something. He doesn't care if other people take note of it, or if it's written up anywhere, or where, or if it's announced someplace. He doesn't care because all he wants is that it should be covered for Hashem. Not the Ani, not that it's me. But sometimes being afraid becomes something which is not which is not a It just becomes a void of oneself. That's what he says, why they came The ego, the I, becomes bigger and bigger, stronger and stronger. And of course the bigger the I, the Ani then the smaller the Rabbanishlam, then the smaller the hope. I'd say, on page 12, 
here he explains there's a common mistake that people make, and it's based upon certain misreadings of, of, of things that are found in the Rishayim and Chazal. Sometimes, based upon what people have seen, they think that being afraid of punishment, it's a bedev. In other words, it's a last resort. And it's not and it's not really for hush of a person like me to be afraid of punishment. It's only for for children or for people who are not so smart, for people who are not so intelligent. That they have to feel that there's you know, that there's in order to keep them in line, in order to keep such people in line who are not who are not so smart who are so for, for those people they, they, there needs to be your assignish. There needs to be your assignish. They have to be afraid of punishment. But a person like myself, I don't need that. Because a person like myself, we think of ourselves as mature, intelligent people. And the same way that we didn't appreciate, you know, uh, we didn't appreciate in, uh, being treated like children, even when we were children, Allah has come overcome when we were adults. And we understand that that which is most closely related to the way of treating a child is, if you don't, if you don't behave, if you don't behave, you're going to get it. It's going to be bad for you. It's not going to be, it's going to be bad. And every and every parent, especially with little children, is trying to figure out ways that there should be a little bit yiras English in, in the house. That the child should that the child should have a fear of doing things that are wrong. But certainly, uh, certainly we hope that that our children will outgrow that and that they'll serve Hashem, like the Rambam says that not like a child, but they'll serve Hashem, l'shem Hashem, for the sake of God, not because they're afraid of getting touched. But he says, and it's true that it is found in this form. Well, everybody who's learned has seen that it says in certain places in this form that this this level of fear of punishment is seems to be reserved for people of, of less mature of less mature uh, disposition and less less intelligent. She explains. Ulam Kavanosam, the meaning of all of these from when they say these things. And it's ironic, because if we would be as smart as we think we are, then we would understand what these from really mean. But he explains. That's what the Rambam meant. That's what the Svarm meant. That when a person is a chasre das, a person who's not so mature, so the only thing he understands. Is, is the is the patch the only thing he understands you can't find any other way to motivate him and then you would like to speak you would like to address this person speak in, in an intelligent way and to convince him how he should be good for the sake of being good but it doesn't work so there are people like that in the world that the only thing the chasve does the chasve seichel they're not intelligent they're not mature and the only language they understand is the language of a patch and nothing else works for these people and that also is specific whether it's going to work. It often doesn't work either. That's what it means. Ulam Barahadarv, it's clear. Shagam It's clear that the Rambam never meant to say that for, 
for, even, for great people there's no such thing as Yerusha'inish. He was just saying that there are small-minded people for whom only Yerusha'inish works, fear of punishment. But the truth is that even even the greatest, greatest Sadiqim, the greatest Tamei Chachamim, everybody has to, there's a way of serving God that's called Yerusha'inish. It's not just for a baby or for a kid. Anybody who's ever been a teacher knows that you, in high school, maybe even younger, that you that there'll be, you know, when it comes to time now, it's already like finals, I guess, coming up this time of the year. So, so I remember when I was teaching. So for years I taught Gemara to 12th grade boys, and the boys would always, when it would come to that, I didn't give too many tests, and I didn't, and I wasn't hard with the marking and all of that. But nobody wants to have to study, right? So the first thing the boys would always say when it comes time for the finals is. Rebbe, you don't trust us. You don't think that we've learned the Gemara. You don't think that we're going to do it properly if you don't give us a test. And my response was, I have no stuff to go with you now. That was, there's no question in my mind that you're absolutely not going to prepare unless I test you. It's not, it's not even a suffix. So you don't trust us? Oh, of, course, of course I don't trust you. It's not a suffix. It's not even a not even the slightest thought that I would trust you. This thing. And, and don't take it personally. It's not a matter of, of trusting you. I would trust you to, to, to take care of my children. I would trust you to help me to do anything in the world. But when a person has to be disciplined, and a person looks outside and it's like, you know, May 15th, or June, even later, it's, you know, June, and, and there's so many things outside that are calling you by your name, Mamish. And and, 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 you, and and to be able to sit inside a room and to, and to chazal the Gemara for a hundred times, to review it and to go and to get together and to learn. So, so that you just that's that's a healthy normal thing that you that you resist and resent tests. But don't tell me that you can study just the same without a test. And I say the same thing when 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 they're even they come they come from different places and they want to collect for yeshivas and for kailum. I always ask, what kind of a system do you have for accountability in your kailum? You know, in other words, you're asking me to give to try to get Jewish money, right, to, to help to support these wonderful. These younger life, these young people in your kind, and I'm happy to do that because I see that I believe that Torah holds up the whole world. But uh, are there any are there any tests? Like when the Klausenberg Rebbe Schusia again when he started Mifla Shas, Mifla Shas was he wanted he wanted to to raise a generation of Jews of men that could learn that learn all of Shas all of the Gemara, and he created testing centers and different ways of doing it and tests. And if you get, and you don't have to sit and learn. You can learn any best measures you want, and it makes no difference. It's Svadi, Ashkenazi, Chassid, Litvak, Modern, Lesma, whatever. Anybody can can join the Falashans. And and you get a check at the end of the month. You take a bechini. You take a test on the amount of on the amount of gemara that had to be covered. You take a test, and it was a very nice check, a very nice check for for someone that's trying to to continue learning and and to be able to. To, to uh, manage a few more years without you know without having to leave the base madrash it's a chashuv amount of money but it's but he had it the check was if you got 95 and up this was the check if you got below this was the check and if it was below 70 I don't remember the number no check you can take it again you can take it again next month you, you, but there's no tiki no washi <laughs> I don't think the Klosenberg has said it that way but it ended up to the same thing the fellows uh, all over the world there are, there are centers of mefalashas all over the world and if you can't do it so if you have no time then don't do it but they're not paying they're not paying you so good then, then, then you work to make money so that the other fellows can do it if you can't do it 
but there's no bell curve. There's no, there's no like you know American. Uh, how are we going to make sure that everybody's happy? Thing. You have to, you have to do it. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. That's okay. You can be an elachid. You don't have to, you don't have to be learn shas. You be God fearing Jew in a different way. Hashem loves every Jew. You serve him a different way. But if you, but if, but if this tzedakah money that's being raised for you, then there has to be the fear of not getting the check. And the incentive of getting the check. And that's a normal, healthy thing that the Baruch made the world in such a way. And you could be sure that they'll sit and they'll learn. And they'll chazit and they'll review and review. And, 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 and they'll take it very, very seriously. So this is not only for children. This is not only for children. So a person, an older person says, oh, I don't need it because of course you, you don't have to watch me. Of course you have to be watched. What's the shayla? And everybody naturally resents that you're watching me. And if, even if someone gets a job, they don't like when someone's there, like a supervisor or a boss. What are you looking over here? You don't feel good that someone's watching you. And you say, I don't need anybody watching. That's absolute sheker. That's not true. Of course you need somebody watching. You need to feel that you're accountable. You need to feel a person was created in such a way. When a person's on the highest level of Yerushalayim, so then it doesn't have to be any person at all in that place. Like the Maestro with the Badichel, they say from Rabbi Moshe Lakshasa, not sure with Sadiq, but they say from the Tutsabik of such a nice that, that the, that the Badichel was walking someplace, and there was a, there was a Yid that saw, he didn't know it was the, he was the Badichel. He saw a Yid that was schlepping, so the guy was driving the wagon, and he gave the Badichel a lift. And they came someplace, and all of a sudden they're going a little bit, and the Badichel thanked him very much. And uh, he didn't know that he had the biggest tzaddik in the world. He was sitting with him, and they and, and, and the fellow stopped all of a sudden the wagon, and they get out, and it was by an orchard, by somebody else's orchard, and the and and the bidish says, well, "What are we doing here?" So he says, "What are you doing?" He says, well, I, "I'm hungry. Aren't you hungry?" He said, "I'm hungry. What is it?" So, what was, so the man told him, "Look, I'm going in there to make a collection, you know, in the orchard. You stand over here." He told the bidish, and if somebody is watching, if you see somebody coming, then whistle. So of course you know the end of the story. The second this guy walked into the orchard, the Vedisha starts to whistle. <laughs> so he comes running out and says, where? What? <laughs> so the Vedisha says, the Rabbi Shalom is watching. What do you think you're doing? Every single second, the Rabbi Shalom is watching. And, and, and a person who lives with that, it's not only for small people. It's for G'dayle HaG'dayim to feel that to feel the, the weight of Hashem's Baruch upon him. And he says, And we spoke about this last week. That, you know, there are, there are, there are times in life where, there's, where, a person's on a, where a person feels closer to the Vayishlam and he feels further away when he's doing well in his, in his Avayishlam. Hashem and God forbid he's not doing so well. And the feels Samarichem means that there's a, there's a spiritual drop in the person's life. So during those times, even if it's normally a chosh of a person, but he has a chalisa das, something bad happened, he's not doing well, he's angry, he's upset, he's depressed, chosh So then, as we spoke about last week, Nitzvah Chlodim, What's going to prevent him from slipping and, 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 and God forbid, Doing any other in the world, if not Yerushalayim, this is a very strong Yerushalayim, a fear of retribution. The, the, the knowledge that a person is accountable for every single thing that he does. Everybody knows that when they're going through a bad time, they, all the things that they might have learned and all the things that were so clear to them they felt when, when, they were, when things were going well, it's all like hidden now. 
you don't know anything you just know that I, I, I'm upset or I'm depressed and I don't feel like doing anything and when a person says I don't feel like doing any mitzvah it's already, it's already a hair's breadth away from doing any of it you understand when a person has such a feeling that they don't want to do anything that they've had it so then, it, then it's just it's just a matter of, of time till the Aveyors, God forbid, start to accumulate. So what holds a person during that time? Yerusha'inish. And every person goes through Aliyah's Nirigas. Even great Sadiqim go through difficult times. On their level, on their Madrid. So it might not be that he's going to do, God forbid, the Tzadik, and he's going through a, a, a difficult time. It doesn't mean he's going to do Chasom Mamish and Aveyor. But on his level, whatever, whatever that Aveyor would be for him, that would be uncharacteristic for him, so he's capable of doing that also. And on his level, it's only you assign this, it's going to hold it. Everybody goes through a time when we revert to being children, but we revert to that, to that less mature state of, of needing some, uh, 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 needing an incentive, a fear of something, to guarantee that we're not going to chas shalom, slip off into, the, into oblivion. The only thing that will hold a person during those times is Yerusha Ainus. There's somebody that told me you know, that there's this, it's very, very hard, there's a tremendous Nisoyin in our generation that started this, these past few years, the Nisoyin of you know, the internet, that, that Rosh Hashivas and Sadiq and everybody's trying to figure out you know, what's going to be, how's it, uh, we don't know somebody, or, there was a, a Bach that was telling me, a bacha nowadays, a young man, it's not as much with girls, I'm assuming, but a bacha nowadays, in the Sionist, the tests to be a, a decent Elicha Jew nowadays for a bacha, these days is so, they're so unbelievable in the Sionist, that it's, that, it, that a bacha now that's able to hold himself and not to, God forbid, slip into these things. It used to be that a person that wanted to do an Aveyor had to go in public and it was embarrassing and it used to be seen and it, all different things. Uh, you know, uh, that to be to be afraid, but now uh, with the with the with this with the computer, all kinds of crazy things going on. So, so they were talking about some some chaver. They were telling me that there's a, that that there, that one of the rishishivas suggested something, or somebody suggested to him, and the rishiva is trying to advocate that every single person on the internet has a chavrusa. Probably heard of this, a buddy. You know, like we used to have when we would go swimming when we were little, you have a buddy. Each one looks out for the other. So that means that there could be there's a technology that could be arranged with a computer. I don't know how that works, but I guess you have to order it or something. You have to, I don't know how you program it. That you can never, ever go online, ever, unless your buddy, who is a person that you respect and that's choshev to you, unless that other person, if he wants to, anytime, 24 hours, he could, he could take a peek to see what you're up to. Any time, any time, twenty-four hours, that that person could press a button and sees. When a person, when a person lives with that, with that chush, with that feeling, that there's somebody watching me, because we're not, we're not in such a level to feel that the burnishlam is enough. But there's somebody else that's watching me, so that could be a very strong shmira to help a person. This sounds like this sounds like something that's better in my in my way. I don't know how the computers work, but in, but it sounds to me like better than all the other things with different uh, ways with machines. This sounds like something which is which taps into the person's natural natural fear of being caught, of being embarrassed, 
in front of somebody that they have their chares for. Can you imagine a person gives to another chashif, to a chashif a person, that they, that they share that thing, that he that he would never want that person to see that he's Isaac and something, that that's not that's not good, God forbid. So this is a natural thing that that, that, that there's a shmirah that a person needs in life, and it's not only for for small people, different people on their madrega, on different madregas, they need they need a shmirah. There's nothing that gives a shmirah as much as yerusayinish. Lekach therefore yes later matchila. We should know it to begin with. When we begin to work on this mida of being fearful of punishment, God wants us to work on that. He wants us to think about those things. It's not like it's a bedevit or it's somebody that's unhealthy. He wants us to think about it. He wants it to be part of our lives, not in an obsessive unhealthy way, but in the way that we're talking about. In a very good way. In a productive way. In a way for Shmira. In a way that a person knows why does Hashem do this? And where is it coming from? And who's behind it? That means that when a person is Isaac in this, when a person is is, is thinking about this, Yerush he's doing Hashem's will. It's a mitzvah. It's called Yerushalayim. It's one of the mitzvahs of the Torah. It's one of the first of the 650 mitzvahs. To be, to be God-fearing. To be a God-fearing Jew. An a God-fearing person that feels the presence of Hashem and is afraid to do anything that would be displeasing to the Rabbi Nishlan. It's a mitzvah. It means there are Rishonim that learn, like Rabbi Yon and other Rishonim that learn, that any time that a person feels like doing an Aveyor, God forbid, you feel like doing an Aveyor, and you strengthen yourself not to do the Aveyor because you're afraid, that you're Mekayim, you are fulfilling one of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah of Yerush Hashem, of, being, of fearing Hashem. Every single time you resist, you have a, you have a, a taiva to speak a word of Lashon Hara, and you resist that taiva, you hold back. You have a taiva to look at the wrong thing or whatever, or to do something you shouldn't do, and you and you and you resist doing that, and and you and you say because of Shalom, I don't want this, I don't want to do something which is against you. So then you're mekayim the mitzvah me the rice of yes shemay of yes Hashem. It's a mitzvah from the Torah, so on the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. And this is another way, therefore, of you becoming closer to God. That brings you closer to Hashem. It doesn't take you away. It brings you closer. Not like we instinctively think that being afraid, as I spoke about last week, makes you run away. No, not when it's this way. When it's this way, that fear brings you closer. And to, and to make more mitzvahs. Why am I trying to be afraid of punishment? Not because I'm an erratic person, but because I'm naturally a happy person, I'm a positive person, I'm a well-adjusted, emotionally intact individual. So why, do, why am I working on this Indian of your Because that's the Ratzon Hashem. Because Hashem wants us, Hashem's Baruch wants us to be mindful of that. He wants us to feel an accountability in our lives. That's his ruts. That's his will. Because he loves us. And he knows that otherwise it's very easy for us to build more and more walls, God forbid, through our various And he doesn't want that.
in the parentheses. Shapamim Amal Gamib Nish Mafachin Hainish, Mafachid Bas, Mishna Mafachid Dayumibne Hainish, the Yore Shamiavakasasham Via Onish. Certainly we understand that a person sometimes is afraid that his he's afraid that is that the fear that he has isn't enough and he still feels like doing the Vayr and he's afraid. He's afraid of not being afraid enough. So sometimes a person can't help that. Even though it's not, uh, it's not. Even though his intention is not because God wants me to be afraid, but his intention is, I just otherwise, I, I just feel like I'm gonna, I, I'm not gonna make it. He says, It's supposed to be two words there. Beis Aleph. Sometimes your intentions cannot be for the sake of God, which is the best thing. But it's a simple fear of being punished in Gadim after 120. But you also know that God wants you to have your Sinus. And that's okay. So now we've learned that even through this Mida of being afraid of punishment, which on the surface appears to be completely a fear of one's own well-being. It sounds like it's something which is selfish. It's just I'm afraid for myself. That you're afraid not to get punished or hurt. Through this you could still become close to Takash Baruch. You could be Miskasha Tasha. This is another way of getting close to God. First of all, you always remember who created punishment. Who created Gehenna? Who created that place after 120? That that place of punishment, whatever that means. Who created that? And who's creating it right now? That's Hakadosh Baruch you always remember who is the one that's punished me in Gehenna there's not some natural thing that I got thrown to the, and then, then after 120 they throw me over to the, to the devil it's a, who, who's punishing me who's the one that's the balabas over there in Gehenna who's in charge, who gives the patch in Gehenna in Gimel as tachlis on Shigan. And why is he giving patches in Gehenna? Why does he give a patch? Shal Yodam Yiskarev HaOdam Shal Yodam Yiskarev It's only, only that a person should be able to get close to Hashem. See, it's hard for us to understand that. Because only maybe with a parent and a little, a little child. Once they get older, it's already hard. I'll tell you what I, what I mean. See, it's hard for us to understand giving a patch, giving a smack, and that it should be completely one million percent good and from the right place in the person. Lamosh, a parent who, a parent, I'm not talking about a little baby. The little baby, a little baby goes and, and, and starts to touch something that, that uh, could be dangerous. So you go, no, no, no. And then from completely, completely, completely from your love and from the goodness of your heart, you go, you give a little patch, right? But that's, you know that it's coming totally from Taiv and, and because you love that child and you worry for the child. As the child gets older and things get more complicated and the patches become different, 
In other words, it's not a little kid, a cute little kid anymore that's just you know, is going to the wrong place. But now, it's you know like your you know like your your seventeen year old son is going to the wrong place, <laughs> and and uh, and there are seventeen years. Of, of frustration and anger in a relationship between the, between the parents and the kid because of disappointment you're angry how come my kid's not like Sadiq how come my kid's not like this how come my kid's like that and all kinds of so then when you punish her you give her patch can you really say that it's one million percent L'Shem Shemayim one million percent L'Shem Shemayim how many times I've, I'm not embarrassed to say when they're you know a child so I would say some sort of a din that if you know if you do this then then you then I'm not gonna then you're not gonna be able to 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 go outside for the rest of the day you know one of these you know parent uh, things one of these gazers so so then then afterwards I'm thinking well, how do I get myself out of that you know, I don't want the kid to sit inside all that's it's such a nice day and it's but now but on the other hand like the first rule in being a parent is you know you know you can't start you can't start backing off then what are you teaching the kid. So every parent knows these these painful dilemmas of like now what am I going to do? So then you have to ask yourself, so then why did I make such a crazy xavier to begin with? Like why did I make xavier? The kid did something was the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Such a thing well, it was a clinic guy, but the kid did. But I said if you do that, you're gonna, you're not going to go out the rest of the day. And the kid doesn't. He says now nah, you're not going out the whole day. And then afterwards you think, oh my goodness, what kind of xavier was that? So how did you how did you make such a xavier that doesn't fit? How could it be that you did such a thing? The terrorist says. Because you're, because you're not punishing entirely for that kid's welfare, for the sake of that kid. could be that 80% of the punishment is that you're annoyed and you're angry and you're upset and you had a lousy day. And there are other things that are going on inside your head. So he said something ridiculous, like some crazy gzaiadin, you know, like, a, you know, the, uh, you, you know, you're not getting any dessert for the next 12 years or something. <laughs> and you say, oh my, you know, what kind of... Uh, and the kid looks at you like, you sure, you, you sure that the... You think that's the right thing? <laughs> you say one more word, it's gonna be twenty years. And and then you know it's so crazy. Where's it coming from? It's coming because it's mixed in with all of our inyonim. That all of us have so many inyonim and insecurities and and anger of, of the things that every time the kid does something, I'm not talking about a baby, but it's not, I'm talking about an older kid does something, so the parents angry at himself too, why? Right? Because he sees himself as being a failure. Most of the reason that parents are not good to their children is not because of the kids, because the parents are angry with themselves. Because when the kid does something, it's not what the parent wants. The parent says, I, I failed. So they become hard on themselves. But what are they going to do? They're going to punish themselves? No, they so they punish the kid and they give all kinds of, they cause the kid all kinds of like snafish and yusur and sorrows for a child. Because really they're angry at themselves. So that's why the Indian of U.S. is just so hard. Because what he's just saying now is that he's saying, and who gives the punishment? Who gives the patch after 120? The British level. And why does he give the patch? He gives the patch because he wants to be close to you. Now the reason that it's hard for us to hear that, why? Only because, we're, because we don't know how to patch like that. But if you think about if you think about when the kid was a, a parent, the parents are here. Think about when the when the child was a little, little, little one, mamish little, a little baby. So then you know that the whole Indian was that you don't want the child to touch that because it's going to hurt, and you can't bear to see the child getting hurt. Once they get older, it's very hard to have pure, to have a pure feeling like that. But when they're very little, even then you have you had a bad day, and you could even with a baby you could you could do crazy stuff. People do all kinds of crazy things, but but 
at least for the little one, you could try to think about how any punishment that I ever gave to a little baby, punishment, anything that I ever did with a little baby was purely, purely because of Ahava. Only because of love. Once they get older, it's very hard to say that any person could say that. So when we talk about the Bible, that after 120, that anything, that any punishment there is, it's purely, purely to be close to us. But if we say that to our children, like I mentioned last week, we were joking a little bit, I said that, but if a person says to, if a person says to the child, I'm only doing this because it's for your good, you really, could you, you, is it 100% true? I mean, do you think that would, that would make it through the lie detector or whatever else? You know, whatever, any other kind? Uh, really can say something? Uh, such a covenant, I'm only doing this for your good. Only for your good. Maybe if, before, if, if you don't punish and you sit and you think about it and for a week or two, that's, that's possible. Even then, you have cheshbonus with this kid. You have cheshbonus with a kid. But to say, I'm only doing this for your good? The kid could say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's only for my good. I, I don't see you as such a completely, totally, totally giving person that, that you don't do things for your good. Right? I love a mother tells a child, the only reason I'll go away every night to exercise or to go to a movie is so that you should be able to grow up to be more of an independent young lady. So I want you to know... Because the kid says, Ma, why do you go to the movies every night? Why do you go to why do you go around with your friends every night to, to the mall? How can we not stay home? So the mother says, It's for your good, sweetheart. Because I think it's nowadays it's very important that a child learns independence. You think a kid believes that? Of course I'm giving a ridiculous thing, nobody does such thing. I mean, but but you think a child believes that? Because the child sees that my mother my mother's not so selfless. She likes to indulge for herself. She takes for herself. Not that there's enough area to take for oneself. But she takes for herself. I can say this, and I'm, not, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm ashamed. I'm proud to say that I never saw that my mother. She should live with some sense of good health. I never saw a tnur, a movement that she did that it should be for herself over over myself and my sister. Never. I saw. I never saw a nakuda of selfishness in my mother. Never. It was only only for my sister and I. I never saw it. In all the years, there's no such thing. And if my mother had a heart set them to do the most, she wanted to do this, wanted to do that, and she, they were going to go and whatever, and, and for any reason in the world, it was better for my sister or I that my mother shouldn't. You know, my mother, never, they never went away anyway. But for that, for that half hour, that my mother was mavatal, and it wasn't like she resented and she was angry. and It, it was... That's, that was... That was the mitzvah. That was just the reality. Is that there was nothing, only the children. But when a child grows up in a house and sees that, you know, my parents, it's not so pushy that everything is for me. But then when they give me a punishment, they say, I'm only doing this for you. All of a sudden, they become such generous people. <laughs> I never saw they're so generous. You know, it could be the kid sees his father's hardly ever home. He comes home every now and then. He says, I'm doing this because I love you. What are you doing because you love me? You're staying home, you're spending time with me, you're talking to me, you're smoozing with me, you take a walk with me, you take a ride with me. No, I'm punishing you. But I'm only doing because I love you. So the kid learns it, and the kid understands that it's not so punished. So, we ha- in order for us to be able to believe that Amunah is Shleimah Mamish, with complete Amunah, that, ha- that, that, that the Einish, that the punishments of the Bani are completely tithe, 
and only for our good, whether it's after 120 or the suffering that God forbid a Jew has in this world, then we have to try, and it's very hard to break out of that way of thinking of, you, of, 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 of in a house with a father and a mother. It's hard for us, because our way of relating to authority is to Hashem's authority. The closest thing we can get there is to a parent or to a rabbi. And it's very, very hard to break out of that way of thinking and to believe that the Baruch Shalom's punishment is kulay taif. And the emes, it is nothing, nothing, nothing other than that, than his, than his will, is, is, is will that it should be good for us and that we should be close to him. Absolutely nothing else. But it's a very hard thing to reach. So he says, let's just finish this paragraph. Dalad, the bottom of page Kuvav. This person, the healthy thing is to always remember what's the tachlis of the punishments of Gehenim. What's the tachlis? Why? Because Hashem doesn't want me to sin. Because if I sin, then I get further away from him. And he doesn't want me to be far away from him. He wants me to be close to him. Hey. The main motivation for this person to try to, to, to acquire this midah of Yerusha Aynish, of fear of punishment, the main reason is because it's God's will. Not because I you know, have insecurities and fears, but that it should, it's only because Hashem wants me to have that feeling. He wants him to be like that. So he, sends, he says, says, We see that there are five ingredients, five components, that are absolutely necessary if one's Yerusha Aynish is to be what do you have to? What do you have to remind us of that? Just Rashi, just tell us the halachas, right? You don't have to say Achim Meishnei Benar. So Rashi says, Amarshal, you have two doctors, right? I'm just saying it briefly, not the whole thing. But Rashi says, look inside to see Rashi says you have two doctors. One doctor tells the guy, if you eat this food, you know it's it's not good for you. And the guy, you know whatever, you know how it is. Everybody has heard stuff like that from doctors. So the doctor says, if you eat this, it's not good for you. So that's one kind of doctor. The other doctor says, if you're going to eat this, you're going to die. Like Hamyankel, who died last week because he was eating this stuff. You're going to die like that too. So then, uh, that, that's already different. That's already different. So that's Rashi said, that's why the Torah says, we're going to get down to Allah. I just want to remind you. <laughs> what happened to the two sons of Aaron who weren't careful in the Mishkan? Be careful. Because the Bereshim is a good teacher. And being a good teacher means... That, that, the, that the students have an image that's clear before their eyes and they, and, and they know that there's something and someone that they have to answer to and there's a pachet to be afraid there's a pachet 
That's what he says. So, and the And to always keep in mind that while you're working on this meter of Yerusha'inish, while you're working on it, don't allow yourself to do whatever you can. I mean, it's hard not to become preoccupied with yourself, not to become shakubatsma, not to immerse yourself in yourself. It's just to be worried about me, me, what's going to happen to me. But to remember that this is for the Baruch Shalom and to be close to him. Not only that, not only that you'll get closer to the Baruch Shalom through that, but also you're going to you're going to work very hard and be concerned to help other Jews get close to Hashem, because you don't want you don't want them to have a hard time either. You want to, it should be good for every Jew. So not only the, not only does it help to bring you closer, but you're worried about the, you're worried about every year that it should be good by it should be good by other Jews too that they shouldn't have to go through anything that it should be good for them and the greatest good that a Jew could have is to be close to the Rabbi Shalom. So you try not only to work on yourself, but you but, but you also think about how you could be makar how you could be makar of other people. Hashem's work should help us. We'll continue. We're going to finish. Uh, he's going to start. We're going to start to discuss in Yonah that happened in this world, not just the fear of what happens beyond. But how do we how do we contend, and what's the right way to think about about punishments that a person experiences while he's alive, in issues of health, or God forbid, different things, and how should one view this in a healthy way, uh, and, and 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 in a healthy way to be afraid of such things, but not God forbid, like we're learning now, not to get lost in oneself and not to forget the tachlis of any suffering in this world.